This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by Brie Don't Move My Cheese Tucker. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How are you? It's funny because actually we do talk about cheese in this episode about well <laughs> recipes and cheese. Technically, we talk about cheese every time we say my name. So every time. that. Brie, but like yes. the Italian cab driver from Maggia. Brie. Wait, didn't he call <laughs> me crazy cheese? I feel like he called me crazy cheese. Oh, he might have. He might have. Yeah. Those Italians. <laughs> we we're talking with my uh with my friend Rizuka, my friend, my business coach, my mentor. I've known her for many years and she started a new company. And we're talking about the downside of body positivity, which this interview, Brie, like it totally made me rethink body positivity and uh thinking about how we eat in terms of our bodies and how we feel about our bodies and what really leads us to feeling that way about our bodies. Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause like we talk about in this episode, there's so much guilt there so much that just, we carry a lot with us and you know, you're supposed to be body positive. And then when you, when you aren't feeling positive about your body, a lot of times we have that guilt. Then we're like, dang it, I'm supposed to be okay with this. Why am I not okay? So if you don't know Ruth, Ruth Sukup, she's the founder of four companies. She's a New York Times bestselling author of seven books, host of the recently resurrected Do It Scared podcast, among other things. And her passion is for helping women create the life they love. And she's also the mom to two teenage girls. She's phenomenal. And we hope you enjoy our conversation with Ruth. This episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast is brought to you by the Drama-Free Homework Challenge. We have another challenge coming your way. We know that school is approaching if you're not in it already again. We here in Phoenix, we have started. But if you are dreading just the homework time and the fighting about homework and the getting kids to do homework and the questions about how you even do the homework they bring home, 
Make sure you keep an eye out for the Drama Free Homework Challenge. You can actually register right now. It is a five-day challenge that will make your family's homework time calmer, happier, and more productive because we're going to give you strategies that you could use to manage all the big emotions that come around homework while still encouraging kids to get the necessary stuff done. The challenge runs from Wednesday, August 17th through Tuesday, August 23rd. Everything is online. So go sign up right now. Our link is in the show notes and we will see you there. Now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome back to the No Guilt Mom podcast, Ruth. We're happy to have you here again as what we say Uh, the Two Timers Club. (laughs) Oh, I like being part of the two timers club. I'm very excited to be back. Thank you guys so much for having me back on here. It's an honor. You're part of a select crew and I'm super excited to talk about this because I've known you for a while now and it's really interesting to think about how long it's been because I think it's been since 2017 and it doesn't seem like it should be that long. Like it feels like we're getting kind of old, but besides like we're going to celebrate our five-year anniversary. Yeah, I think we are. I think <laughs> oh, we are. What is, what's the fifth anniversary? <laughs> I need to look that up. Is that- it's <laughs> Sapphire. It's Sapphire. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, sapphires. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. Wouldn't even know. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that, but I do. <laughs> but in those five years, I've seen you go through all of these kind of like transformations and changes. And now you've started a brand new arm of your business. <laughs> and I have super fascinating. And it stems from really your personal transformation and challenges with weight loss. So can you fill everybody in on your story? Yes. Yes, I can. And because honestly, I needed to start a new business. Like I needed a hole in the head. (laughs) It was not, it was not intentional, but also I find that it's something that now I just can't stop talking about. So there was no, there was no way to avoid it because starting businesses is apparently what I do. And they have to be based on where I'm at in my life. And, and this, this has been a big journey for me. I, you know, we've known each other, Joanne for five years. And so I don't think that you've probably known the extent of during that five years, my own struggle with my weight and, and just, you know, the ups and downs that start to happen. You get to a certain age, you get closer to 40 and then you get past 40 and, it's hard. It's hard as a woman, especially when you are busy, you know, raising your kids and trying to run a business or build a career or doing all the things. There's just not enough hours in the day to do all the things. Yeah. What I did see is I did see all the things you tried. I remember all the apps (laughs) you were trying. I remember you taking pictures of your food and having it like looked at by a nutritionist. I I remember remember a lot of those. I know because I would tell you about all these things about Mm -hmm. like, because I was like, Oh, I did this. I did a juice cleanse. I did. Da, 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 oh, right? yeah. like I had the, the meal delivery service and it was one thing after another. And it was all the things because I needed something 
that was easy. I think that was the biggest thing. Like I just didn't have time to really focus on losing weight. And I didn't have time to focus on like trying to do what I knew I was supposed to be doing the things that everybody tells you that you're supposed to be doing in order to lose weight. Because I knew that when I did try things, I would be able to handle it for a little while, but then I would, you know, I would do the meal delivery and it was fine if I was at home, but I was traveling all the time. And so then I was going out to eat and then that didn't work. And it just like, there was just, it was so hard. It was so hard. So I would, it was on this yo-yo cycle and I would gain weight and then I would lose it. And then I would gain a little bit more back and then I would lose some and, and just back and forth and back and forth. And, and I don't think I even acknowledged to myself how much of a struggle it was and how hard it was because I was still trying to live my life at the same time. So it was kind of this like just ongoing thing in the background where I just wasn't quite happy with my body. And so I would have these moments where I would feel like I got to do something about this and I would get really serious and then I would get busy. And then it would just, I'd be like, you know what? I just, I'm just going to love myself the way that I am right. Body positivity. That's the message that we hear. And it's not a bad message, but it's, it's not always like, it doesn't always tell the full story. I think because yeah. we can, we can tell ourselves we're happy with our body, but if you're really not like that doesn't go away. It just does. That, that's what I was going to say, like getting to that point of being genuinely happy with your body, especially over 40, because again, it changes a lot at that time. Yes. It's hard. It's really hard. You try to, it's especially hard. when you have kids or daughters, I think, especially, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Well, and it's also the like example we're showing to our kids. Cause like I grew up, my grandma went to Weight Watchers all the time and she could never lose the weight. And my mom was a lifelong Weight Watchers and she's still like trying. And just, I even went down to Tucson this past weekend and she was cooking up this meal, one pan for her, one pan for my dad. My dad had like all oh, this great I stuff in that. it. And my mom is like spinach and she was just very unhappy with it. And I think that's the message that we're told that like, it just like, you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And it sucks. Yes. Hey all, it is Joanne and Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. 
I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And it's a lifelong battle and it sucks. Yes, exactly. And I remember my mom doing that too. Like she would give everybody else the full size plate and she would have a small plate and she did Nutrisystem and Jenny Craig and all these things. I remember that growing up too. And Weight Watchers, same thing. Mm -hmm. And it would never work, right? Like it would never work. And she was always feeling like she couldn't do it. And then I found myself being almost like in that same situation. But I have two daughters and they are now teenagers. And I don't want my daughters because I mean, eating disorders and and insecurity with teenagers and like all the things, right? Like my husband and Mm -hmm. I were just talking today, like, man, it sucks being a teenage girl. There's Mm -hmm. so much that sucks about it. And I did not want to be showing them something other than me being happy with myself. And so even in, and my husband and I remember, I remember having this conversation with him and he is, my husband is a saint and he never was unhappy with my body. Like, I want to be very clear about that. Like my unhappiness stemmed from my own dissatisfaction with my weight and stuff. It was never him. Like he, in fact, now he tells me I'm too skinny and my boobs are too small. <laughs> Mostly it's just about the boobs. Um, he's like, I miss your big boobs. Um, I'm like 34 D is still pretty big, babe. He's like, oh, I want the, I want the triple D's. They complain <laughs> about the lack of boobs and lack of butt. Like that's what you hear. Yes, right? he does complain yeah. about my butt too. Yep. Um, the butt I'm like, now I can fit into pants. Let's just be nice yes. about the butt being gone. Oh my exactly. gosh. No, you guys are really nice. I'm like, excuse me. I am happy the way I am. Don't comment on my body. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's so funny. It's so true though. But one thing that we did talk about very consciously even when our girls were younger is how important it is for, for him to compliment me and to compliment our girls on their, just on their body and on me, on my body in front of them to say like, and to tell me that I'm beautiful and to tell me that he loves me, you know, not in a creepy way. And that, cause that can sound like a little bit creepy, but in a way that like, I mean, so many studies show, right? Like girls confidence is built by having that relationship with their dad. And, and so he's always been amazing at that. And he's, and so that was really important to me though, too, is in thinking about wanting to get serious about losing weight to not have it be a thing for my girls. I don't want them to see me eating differently. I didn't want them. I didn't want me to have a small plate and them to have a big plate. Like I want to eat the same things. And I want them to never feel like they need to be weird about food or restricting. And so that was such a huge piece of me trying to figure out what was going to be sustainable. Ultimately, I felt like I tried all these things, right? I had all these yoga back and forth and up and down and, and nothing seemed to stick because it couldn't work for my life. But when I really decided to get serious, which was 
about a year ago now, um, after seeing a picture of myself that somebody, one of my neighbors posted on Facebook and I was like, oh my gosh, is that what I really look like? And that it was crazy because I remember thinking that I looked so cute that day. Like I was wearing this new dress and yeah, it was like a size XL and, and I was had like Spanx on in 95 degree heat and was trying to ignore that part. Right. But I was like, yeah, the Spanx is keeping it all in and I look good. And I was feeling so good. And then I saw the picture and I was like, I did not feel like I looked like that. <laughs> right. It was like shocking. Pictures are scary. Pictures are so scary. They are because I would take a lot of selfies and you can be very, you can be very flattering in your selfies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But even like then I think, I think it's not so much like the picture. Cause like you did think you look cute, but then you also said you're like, I was wearing the Spanx under it. So you were like doing all of these extra kind of things to kind of deal with this way you yes. felt about your body almost. And it yes. kind of brought it to light. Yes. But yeah, I can see though how that's like really frustrating though, too, because like you said, like you, you had this feeling that you had done all these things and that you still, you had the look that you wanted to have. And then when you see that picture, you're like, oh my gosh, just it's, that's not what I want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at that point I was the heaviest I've ever been. I weighed more than I did at nine months pregnant. I weighed more than my husband, which I think for me was like the worst of it. Right. Like, and I am a little bit taller than my husband. I'm like three inches taller than him. So, but he has always weighed more than me. Like boys are supposed to weigh more than girls. Right. That's not a thing. We're told that's like ingrained in in my mind. And so I plays with you. Definitely. No. Yeah. And that just, you know, it just is like, it messes with you for sure. I'm going to have to raise my hand on that because it could be 43 this year. And uh, we went on a cruise back in October and they had a water slide. And because of like, I don't know, because of whatever standards on the water slide, you had to be weighed. They put you on a scale to be weighed to get on the water slide. And I got on and I'm at, and I'm going to just tell you like at full disclosure, I'm exactly where you're talking about. I'm the biggest I've ever been definitely more than my husband. And I am not comfortable with where I'm at. So getting on that scale was so scary. And then when I got on it, the freaking attendant guy looked at the weight and then looked at me and went, whoa. And I was like, excuse me. Oh, I was so mad. I was lividly, I'm lividly angry. And at the same time, I'm wanting to cry. And because again, like you said, tried so many things and nothing's working that my body doesn't react the same way it used to. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And it's so true. Like you get to a certain point and your body just stops responding. And if you've like, you know, and there are, there are people, lots of people because are, and this is what I've learned about, like in all, all of the research that I've been doing is, is how much I've learned about how different bodies just respond in different ways. And so for some people, it's been a struggle your whole life. Right. But for a lot of women, you kind of go through your twenties and thirties and it's not that big of a deal, right? You can kind of eat what you want and it's not that hard. And you kind of stay, stay exactly where you want to be. And then all of a sudden there's like that switch that happens and you're like, wait, what happened? I don't know what to do with this. And that I think can be almost harder because when you've been fighting and it's probably hard both ways, honestly, but you, you've been fighting, whether you've been fighting it your whole life or whether it's more of a sudden thing, it just is so, it's so isolating too that struggle because you don't really want to talk about it with other people, right? It's not like you want to walk around going, I feel like crap about myself. 
And so you're in this battle all by yourself and you don't want to really talk about it with your, even with your spouse. A lot of times you feel so lonely and so not knowing where to turn with it. And then the, just the ups and downs of it, the journey is hard. I feel you on it. And I like, makes me want to go punch that guy in the face, to be honest. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's interesting what you just said about the face. Oh, I so wanted to punch that guy in the yeah. face. If I could have gotten away with it, I would have, but there's nowhere to run, right? No. We're on a cruise ship. <laughs> you didn't see me. But anyway, no, I, but I agree with you on what you're saying. Like you're, it's isolating because if you talk to the people that you feel the most comfortable with, your best friend or your spouse, they can't win because they either say, oh, you look great the way you are. And then you feel like crap for feeling bad. And you're also are like, well, they're just lying now because I, I don't yeah. look good. Or they sympathize with you and they're like, I hear you. That has to be frustrating. And you're like, in your head, oh, so you think I'm bad too. Great. Everybody thinks I'm bad. So th- th- nobody can win. It's and like you said, I know. You, you like suck in because what, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I know. My husband had finally got to a point with that question where I would ask, like, does this look good? He's like, nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. That question is off limits because there is no way. <laughs> answer this question correctly. Right. Like, does this make me look fat? Yeah. That's a like loaded gun right there. He's walking into a landmine. He's a smart man. He's a smart man. You have gone through all this Ruth and you finally found a way that is sustainable. And it seems like you figured it out what works for you. So what was the turning point? What, what did you do differently? When I really decided, I saw that picture and I decided to get serious. And I was like, I got to figure out something that's going to actually work for my life because I can't diet. I'm done with dieting. This has to be a way of life for me. And so I started reading and really diving into the metabolic science. And I started like a low carb keto type philosophy, because the one thing I will say that had worked the best for me over the years and all the things that I had tried was keto. I had done keto before I lost 25 pounds and it was, it had felt like pretty good. And my husband was doing it too. And he liked eating that way. So that just felt like the thing to go back to. But what I found was that it's, it doesn't feel sustainable for the long-term, right? It just doesn't feel like this is the way that I could live forever. And I hit a plateau. I I lost like maybe 25 pounds and then I stopped. Like, then it was just done. Nothing seemed to work. The scale wouldn't budge. And I still had more weight that I needed to lose. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And so that's when I really started diving deeper into, well, why does keto work and what is it about this and why am I plateauing and what's the science behind it? And I started really figuring out how to break through that and started making sense of it. And then, and then the way that my brain works, it just started connecting the dots, right? So I was like, oh, there actually is a system to this. I understand why keto works at first because your body works this way. But if you keep eating that way forever, that's not going to work because your body needs to start burning your fat and not the fat that you're consuming. And if you continue eating all that fat, you're not going to lose anymore. And you actually have to get more protein. Like it just started making sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then I also love to cook at least when I have time and energy to cook. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found it very fun and like to start developing recipes. And that was, that's just like kind of my like release. And, you know, after work and on the weekends, I'd be like, I gotta, I, I you know, I want to figure out, like, I miss breadsticks. How can I make breadsticks? And I miss this. Right. Cause if you're, if you're cutting out carbs in your diet, or you're going to a low carb, you think about like all the things that you can't have and what you want to yeah. have. And so I yep. and desserts and started figuring out all of that. And so started developing, it's really just amazing recipes. And, um, and found that it was such an easy way to live. Like it's an easy way to live when you go out to eat. It's an easy way to live and because and cook for your whole family because the food is so delicious that mm-hmm. your kids will eat it. It doesn't taste like diet food. And so that's the hard it just part. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't, I don't cook separately. My kids love the food I cook. No, and that's unsustainable to cook separately too. Like, and I love how it you is. worked it into becoming a whole family thing because that's really the hard thing with when you're unhappy with yourself and unhappy with your body type as a woman. And then you are usually responsible for feeding your children and you need to feed your children, but getting them to eat the same things is usually very, very tough. And it's also tough yes. from the standpoint of like, you don't want to get them into diet culture. You want this to be a sustainable no. way of living and way of life. So I love, I love what you did there. I love the correct creation of the recipes. I see a lot of your recipes. <laughs> I see, how do you pronounce chaffles? Do you pronounce them chaffles? Chaffles. They're basically cheese waffles, aren't they? They (laughs) are. And they're so good. They're so good. Seeing what you've done in making it a family like oriented thing is really incredible. Like have your daughters kind of jumped on board with like the cooking with you and are they excited about this way of eating? They love the food. We don't cook different, like we just don't make a big deal about it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I don't make them only eat low carb and I, we, we just don't make a big deal about it when I make the things that we make for dinner and for family meals. And that all fits in line because my husband and I both eat this way, but if they want to go out and have a donut or something, you know, like yeah. whatever it is that teenagers like to eat, yeah, I was going to say, which is everything, all the junk food, crap, all the right? All, <laughs> yeah. Which is everything. 
I like, I hope that it's been a great example for them. And I think that is because for girls, right. Because that's what I have two teenage girls. And I want them to see me be not only confident as a business owner and as the breadwinner for our family and as the lead, like a leader and all of that kind of stuff, which I feel like I, that is an example that I've shown for them, but for them to see me be confident in my body. And I've even noticed just very subtly, like little things that they are clearly more comfortable with their bodies because I'm more comfortable with mine. Like it's a, it's almost like an unspoken thing. They see you display it. And that's the best way of teaching is to display it yourself. It's, it's something that I I've tried to do for my kids in terms of body image and like not being as self-conscious as I was growing up, but, uh, just to see you and this new, this new way of eating and that you've, you're helping like so many women do it the same. So, so give us a little spin. What's what is delicious. The idea behind it is that getting healthy and losing weight should taste and feel good. So our full program is called the thin adapted system or TAS for short. And that really walks you through the whole thing, right? Like to how to get into like the 28 day metabolism reset is really phase one. That's about resetting the way that your body burns fuel. Phase two is called our ignite phase. And that's more about weight loss. So you stay in that phase for as long as you are wanting to lose weight. So, and everybody's going to be different because everybody has different goals and everybody's body's a little different, but it's really about like doing the things that are going to help ignite that and avoid those plateaus that so many people experience when you are trying to lose weight and sustain it Mm -hmm. long-term. And then phase three is really about maintenance for life because this isn't a diet. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. So once you've reached your weight loss goals, how do you sustain this? How do you listen to your body? How do you know what your body needs? We teach you how to measure that and how to pay attention to that in your body signals and, and all the things it's very comprehensive. It's physician led. Where do you want people to go? Just go to thinlicious.com is the best place to go. Um, which is really easy to remember thinlicious. It's like the combination of thin and delicious. See what I did there. Um, thinlicious.com. You're <laughs> It's like, ah, I get it. It has been awesome. I'm talking to you as always, Ruth. And thank uh, you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. This concept about like having to feel a certain way to feel happy in your body, like it always gets me thinking because we want to be body positive. We want to show our daughters, especially that we're happy with our bodies. But with that, comes like reality if we actually feel that way about ourselves if we feel like we can do things like i always think about what can my body do versus what does my body look like but there is also the in the back of your head what does my body look like and how do you get past that like how do you get past it without taking action i don't know it's hard but i like what you just said though because and i don't do that at all and that's definitely a mind a mindset shift thinking about all the things that your body can do. And, and even sometimes having that as your goal, like I wish, like, I'll just say this, like over my life in the last five years, I had a broken knee, which had like seriously impacted my ability to do things. And, um, I used to be really into yoga and now I'm not much in there. And I feel like that is something that would help give me a, a boost towards a more positive mindset about my body. Like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can. I think you really hit on the one important point about 
we we don't think about what our bodies can do we think about what we look like and often we think that has to come before doing something like right. it's, oh i need to be thin before i can do this or before exactly. i can put myself out there this way and that's the narrative that we're always going through and i think like the biggest change that i had in my body was when uh i ran my marathon like after i ran my first marathon i was like damn like i just ran 26.2 miles and it wasn't like i was the most thin i wasn't but i was so proud of being able to cover that distance uh and then As again you should when my, be that is yeah amazing. honestly well, and then again like after my daughter was born i had the same thing that ruth has where i saw a picture of myself and i'm like that's not how I look on the outside isn't how I feel on the inside. And I think it was the mismatch of that that really got to me. And that's when I started like really being physically active, really like looking to see what I eat and what I put in my body and feeling better about it. Because when there's a mismatch, it's hard. Like it is. that's that's the like, I can't remember the psychological term for it, but there's a word. <laughs> There it's is. like the dissonance. It's cognitive dissonance and you can't rectify it. So we hope you enjoyed our interview with Ruth. Go check out Thinlicious. She has a lot of great, great recipes on there. These blueberry cheesecake bites I'm constantly looking at and being like, I wish I wasn't lactose intolerant and could eat all those. <laughs> we'll figure out a way to adjust it. Figure out a way. We'll figure out a way. Figure out a way. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.